Road Trippin' fans, Amish t-shirts are as ferocious as the dunks or bangouts Richard and Channing throw down from time to time, and their softness can't even be matched. Amish has been turning back the clock with throwback tees for years. From the NBA to the ultimate warrior, you know, the tee that LeBron wore on the plane after leading the Cavs to its first title the city had seen in over 50 years. Well, Amage tells the stories of triumph, individualism, and hustle, preserving the old school and creating new legacies. Go to homage.com, that's H-O-M-A-G-E, and pay homage with your favorite tee. Be sure to check out the NBA GM tees and one exclusively made for me and you. Better yet, three other tees designed specific to the road tripping fam you'll want to check out. We're road tripping at homage.com. Welcome into another edition of Road Trippin'. I'm your host, Allie Clifton. And before we get to our guest, which we're so excited about, I must say that um, I'm joined by Richard for the first time since you gave your farewell to Cleveland. Since hey, you got kicked out of Cleveland. What's going on? Yeah, kicked out of Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got kicked out for the bromance, and then they broke up. It was so sad. Uh, and now, uh, now the Cavs are on, Miami's on, and I'm watching the playoffs. It's it's a lot of fun. Again, nobody cares. So no let's get cares. to our guest. No one cares. <laughs> the one and only. I care, Richard. You care. There you go. I don't want your heart. <laughs> to by be the broken. by the way, she just stole my joke. That's my joke. That no one cares. That's what yeah. happens when you're around him all the so time. Say, who's, who's, you know who's been looking for you? Who? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> you know who misses you? Who? Yeah, no nobody. one. Nobody. <laughs> Charles Barkley on road trip. Thank y'all for having me. We've been only trying since <laughs> November. When I started this, there was like a holy grail of people uh, that we wanted on here. Uh, Turner told us that, uh, Richard, you will be working tonight and Chuck will be working tonight. So you cannot drink. Because normally drinking is a part of, of road tripping. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I, y'all should have came on the office. That's what I said. That's what I said. What's your drink of choice? Me? Well, why are you buying? I'm always buying. <laughs> uh, well, see, no, for this we normally do wine, right? Okay. Like, if you do, if you go red or white, red, white, depending on the day, depending on the location. If it's earlier in the day, we'll probably go white. If it's before dinner, we would go red. Hey, well, when when we finish this thing, I got a new wine out. Oh, uh, there we go. We just want a bunch Plug of wood. We just no, well, no, it's good. First of all, all the money goes to charities. Okay. CB Vineyards. Okay. I partnered with uh, uh, out in Napo. Okay. With Pasa Robles. Oh, I know. Pasa. And uh, I got, I just got voted uh, one uh, best new red, best new white. I got two. We're reds looking, for, we're looking for sponsorships, man. We drink a lot on this. The podcast. money goes to charity. We're not giving money away. Yeah, but, but, but oh, how's that work? But we can but taste how, the wine. How does, the but wine I can tell good. you what. I, y'all give me y'all address. I'll send y'all a, a, a couple cases. Oh, what? It's well, really the, good. But too. this is the thing. What we'll do on it? We'll drink on. We'll drink a lot. I tell here. you what. And then we and have then a deal. What's that? We have to. I'm gonna send y'all wine to drink on the show. Can you can you believe this, Charles? The year that we started the podcast, uh-huh. they started saying that the calves were sucking essentially because of road tripping because we were drinking. Oh well, no, that, they just yeah. never saw us drink. Like so, we would always do like dinner, like dinner get-togethers the night before a game, wherever it was. We'd watch the playoffs or watch this, watch the games, and we would just all have you know a glass or two of wine. We're not getting hammered on here. Sometimes, but it was depends on uh, depends on the moment. Um, yes, 
But you, listen, well, listen. Uh, first of all, I'm, going, <laughs> I'm always up for drinks. Yeah, I, so I, wanna, I like to drink. I, you, you and I both. Yeah, I love to drink. I, I actually got a, I actually got a stop sign tattooed on my hand as a joke to tell me to stop drinking. Yeah. yeah. No, see, I, I, <laughs> see, I have this little thing where I just close my eyes, yeah. and if things are spinning, that means stop. Yeah. That's how I test myself because you know once once you pass that limit. Not to go. It, it, that's good. Gonna happen. Do you know so, when you're reaching that point, though? You, after I've had so much, I'll just close my eyes. As long as things are not spinning, because then you're so, like, have one more. They're I like, says, okay, I'm good for at least one more. <laughs> yeah. But when things start spinning, it's time to stop. Don't take any chances because it's gonna end badly. Because you know, it, it, Richard, remember this. So when you're in the NBA. You meet with doctors all the time. They talk to you about drinking and things like that. And the doc- I remember, like, early in my career, the doctor came in. He says, let's talk about drinking. <laughs> and he says, do you guys know why you get drunk? And we're like, yeah, because you had too much to drink. He says, no, that's not why you get drunk. You get drunk because your body is such a great machine. It's telling you, fool, I'm not going to let you kill me. <laughs> and you know, it's like, it, it, it's true. You you know, that, that's you just, the reason you throw up yeah. is because your body is saying, I'm not going to let you hurt me. Yeah. And then he says, let me tell you three things that we've all tried. Let me know you're really an idiot. <laughs> he says, don't drink water because you're just going to be a drunk who's got to pee all night. <laughs> He says, don't eat anything because this is just going to give you more stuff to throw up. Oh, wow. And he he said, don't drink coffee because you're just going to be a drunk who can't sleep. He says, once uh, this is a that doctor. Is intelligent. Yeah. No, 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 this is from a doctor. I call bullshit. Because what, what he says is, once you're drunk, it's over. You can't do anything about that night. But we've all tried those three remedies. Yeah. yeah. You know, course. I've always been to, uh, to crystals in the middle of the night getting... <laughs> Get like ninety percent bread and five percent hamburger. Try soak to it all up. Soak it all up, <laughs> yeah. but it doesn't work. He, he he gave me those three clues. He says once you're drunk, you're just drunk for the night. Uh, but don't try any of those three stupid things. See, okay, I, so see, then how long does it take for the drunk to wear off? Uh, it, it depends on how much you had to drink. Uh, and it's, it's just going to be in your system for that night. I mean, you're just done. I mean, you might puke. Uh, you might not. But oh, that night, there's nothing you can do to stop it. Because once you're past the point of no return, your body's just going to. But like I can say it was interesting to listen to a doctor because most people think you throw up because you're drunk. Yeah. Right. It's, no, it's your body's mechanism for not letting you be an idiot like and kill yourself. You. Yes. Yeah. I actually heard that. Like, you know, the... The, the... the way to pay attention to those meetings. Really. <laughs> no, I, I never pay attention to meetings. But someone did tell me, my friend Erica, uh, Erica Trico, shout out. She told me that the reason why when, like, sometimes, like, when you hear someone else, like, gagging, it makes you want to throw up, right? Like, just the, the, just the sound of someone gagging or someone throws up can make you want to throw up. They say it goes back to the tribal days. So, like, if you were to eat something, we were all to eat something. If one person were to start throwing up, that would mean the food is bad or it's spoiled. So, it would be, like, a chain reaction of people, like... The- Tell your uh, girl, uh, your friend Erica, don't ever say anything that stupid. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like that's, that's just being... That's I feel like that's just a mental game. Ser- that's I'm, I'm that's the stupidest that, thing I've ever heard in my life. What, why do you think I said her, her name? T- okay, okay. I said her name. Oh, don't Erica, like, Erica don't. Tariko? Tariko, Tariko is yeah. Is she, she related to Mike? No, she's not. Okay. She's from Phoenix, though. So, oh, okay, yeah. Erica, listen, don't, I live in Phoenix. <laughs> don't be saying stupid stuff making people think we're stupid. 
They already think we're crazy because we didn't want to have MLK Holiday. Yeah. Don't be throwing gasoline on the fire. Yeah, and, that, and, that, and that's why I said her name. She said this, and I just, you know. I love Erica, too. Yeah, she's nice. You know, I'm sorry she says stupid shit, and I had to share it with everyone. <laughs> you know, that's not my fault. But, hey, that's part of it. So, no, no, Chuck, I'm with So, you going to move uh, when you retire? Are you going to come back to Arizona? I would love. I live in Hermosa Beach right now. Yeah. And oh, yo, anyone you- that ever listens to this podcast, they know how much I love it. I love Phoenix. Phoenix is yeah. my. I, I love it. It's just tough because the only time we have off, like you know, is during the summer. Oh no, yeah, you it, can't live that during the summer. And, it, and if that's but at some o- point you're gonna retire, you do know that, right? That's what they keep telling me, right? That at some point in time the NBA is gonna stop calling. Well, that's why I'm doing this podcast, so I have something to do when I do retire. He well, says, pay him to leave. Yeah, yeah, but you got listen. You play number one. You play as long as you can. Yes, because there's nothing like playing. No, there's nothing like playing. Nothing like it. Even tell, if you're not playing, it, nothing it's like it's the playing. best. Job. I tell people they give you. I remember the first time I got per diem. They're like, here, Rook. I open up. I says, that's like two hundred dollars, three hundred dollars in here. He's like, yeah, you get like a hundred and twenty, thirty dollars a day to eat when you're on the road. I says, wait, y'all paying for our meals? Was that enough to feed you? Back then it was. Back, <laughs> back then it was. Before you found the steak yeah, I'm like, Yeah, before I got uh, culture. <laughs> you know, back in the day, I was still eating ham hocks. Oh, uh, just with, country stuff. Uh, yo, What's yeah. a ham hock? It, it's <laughs> <laughs> That's so white of you. I'm, I'm country, what, too. No, no, no. You Ohio never had chitlins? No, she's Ohio country. Yeah. I'm Ohio yeah, country. Yeah, yeah, Ohio we're we country. southern country. Chitlins, yeah. ham hocks, neck bones, pig ears, Where, pig feet. So was that a true no. rumor? Was that So there is a rumor that you didn't want. Who, who did you not want? to draft you Philadelphia Philadelphia and you went home and gained how much weight I gained like 20 pounds in two days <laughs> so what happened was uh this is a true story so the Sixers flew me in about you know back then they had a hard salary cap yeah yeah so I would have had to get a one-year deal for seventy five thousand dollars and I'm like I didn't leave college because I left college grand. after for yeah, seven you grand. Was paid more than that at Auburn. uh allegedly allegedly I'm never gonna turn on my college <laughs> uh so we fly me to Philly, because you know, I played at 300 pounds in college. Yeah. What? I did. Yeah. The round How did you move? The, the round oh, round really rebound. well. Really well. Really it's well. Like, 300? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, they, the Sixers fly me in about a month before the draft, and they said, we want to see if you're going to be getting in shape. People were concerned. So, they said, we want you to get down. Actually, when I went to Philly, I weighed 294, somewhere right there. And he said, we want you to get down to 285 before the draft. So I actually go to Houston uh, and live down there for the summer with my agent, who turned into a crook. I don't want to mention his name. Lance Lesnick uh, <laughs> stole all my money. But I got down about 285. That's the first time I met Moses, who's the greatest influence in my basketball life. I got down about 285. And then we sit down. like they, Philly wanted me to stop there the night before the draft to weigh me. My agent says, uh, listen, Philly call. They want to draft you, but they want to see that you get down to the 285. I said, well, I'm 285. I'm good. They're like, he said, well, there's a problem. You know, the Sixers draft you, they can only give you $75,000. I said, I didn't leave college for 75000 So we went on a two-day eating binge. Oh. And we went to Dennis in the morning, went to a big steakhouse for lunch, went to a big steakhouse for dinner. We did it two days in a row. I went from 285 to 297. In two days. So I step on the scale in Philly. I weigh like 297. <laughs> the owner's calling me, MFing me, MFing me, MFing me. You lazy fat, you blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, whoo, that was close. I thought these fools were going to draft me for 75000 <laughs> So I go, we go up there, and then the guy says, with the David says, with the fifth pick, the Philadelphia 76 to select Charles Barkley. 
And if you go back and look at the tape, I got this look on my face. I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, and it was crazy. But the Sixers traded two players. And I my first deal was four years, $2 million. Oh. Uh, but it was crazy. Yeah, well, yeah. No, I was my, like, when they, so, when they picked me, man, I was like, oh, my oh, no, God. It was, no, I, and again, it's so funny how things work out that way. Yeah. So New Jersey was awful. They were awful. They had won like 26 games. The only thing, and this is take you take you back, the only thing that I remembered about New Jersey net basketball is a statement that you made. So I was in I was in college, and I remember watching TNT, and Steph Mawberry decided to have surgery at the end of the season, right, with like 15 games to go. And he ended up, he wanted to have surgery on his pinky, and so he made a statement. He was like, yo, I could, if we had a chance of making the playoffs, then I wouldn't have surgery on my pinky. And I just remember in my head, but like, man, that's crazy. And then you said, you're like, well, if that was the case, he shouldn't. He should have had surgery on this pinky five months ago. And I was like, damn, Charles, that's kind of harsh. I'm like, it's true. They've been out of the playoff yeah. for about five months. Yeah. He wanted to wait till like three weeks to go. And so that was all I remember. I won 26 games or 27 games in college that year. And so I had a terrible workout for Jersey. I didn't care. I think my my high school or my college girlfriend at the time was in New York, so I was just trying to get done with yeah. all my tests. Didn't do anything. Byron calls me right so they go so this is what happens i was dating i was dating a girl and it was like with the 13th pick the houston rockets select richard jefferson and i'm like oh yeah they had catino steve francis i was like you know that was we're gonna be good and then all of a sudden they were like we have a trade to announce the you know houston rockets trade the rights to x y and z to new jersey byron scott calls me and goes he goes hey richard and i'm just depressed yeah and i was like hey what's going on coach He's like, well, you know, I, I tell by your voice, don't worry. I think, you know, we got some things that are going to make you happy, da, da, this. And he hangs up the phone. He later tells me, he's like, man, I was so fucking mad. Yeah. He was like, the fact that I'm trying to convince a rookie that we just drafted to yeah. be happy. And then the next day is when they traded Jason Kidd. Ugh. And then I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is going to work out just fine. This is going to work out just fine. It's crazy, the stuff that happened. You know, I've been in this thing since 1984. Yeah. You That's know, I, I remember – Actually, Cleveland is important in my career because they actually ruined my Philadelphia career. What'd they do? Well, <laughs> I remember we had the number one pick in the draft, yeah. and we were awful. Mm-hmm. And I was just dying. I had no help. It was a pain. I'm like, oh, my God. We're going to get – I'm going to get Brad Doherty, and it's going to change my fortune. I'm yeah. like, this is going to be great. So we went out and celebrated uh, like the night before the draft, me and some of my teammates. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm finally going to hear some help. We're going to be good. I actually just saw Brad Dart at a charity golf tournament. I miss him. And I'm like, man, I can't. I was so excited. I said, we're going to be good. We get Brad Dart. Yeah. So we go out. We get home in the middle of the night. I'm laying there about 6 o'clock in the morning. This guy named Phil Jasner, a great writer from Philadelphia, he says, Charles, Phil, it's 6 o'clock in the morning. What you want? He says, I know it's a little early, but I got to ask you, what you think of the trade? I said, <laughs> what trade? He said, the 76 has just traded the number one pick in the draft. I said, Phil, this is not even a funny joke. I said, the six are like, not I'm that still stupid. Drunk. I said, they're not that stupid <laughs> to trade the number one pick in the draft. He's like, yeah, they did. I said, I said, oh, I said let me call you back in like 30 minutes. Let me sober up a little bit. <laughs> so I jump in the shower. Sober up a little bit. I got to feel. So tell me what's going on. He says, y'all traded the number one pick. I said, for who? Y'all traded for Roy Henson. I said, what? I said, this is a joke. This is not even a funny joke either. He said, yeah, y'all traded number one pick for Roy Henson. And I said, and and, and what else? No, no, no. He says, oh, and it gets worse. I said, it can't get worse (laughs) than trading the number one pick in the draft. He says, you traded Moses Malone. 
to Washington for Jeff Rulin, who never played with me, and Cliff Robinson. I said, so let me get this straight. We had the number one pick in the draft. We had Moses, who ended up playing like another five or six years, yeah. who was a great mentor to move. Mo- Moses is the most info- important person because Moses made me lose 50 pounds. Yeah. Because I told you, I was 300 in college. Moses got me down to 250. And, I want to get back to that. Yeah. And he said, I said, wait, so we lose the number one pick in the draft, and I get Roy Henson, who's a solid player, but not Brad Darty. Then we trade Moses, who's my mentor, the most important person, to, for Jeff Rulon, who hadn't played in a year, yeah, and Cliff Robinson. I said, this is crazy. <laughs> this is crazy. And that's why I always, every time I see Brad Dort, I said, man, we could have been really nice because he was a hell of a player. Yeah, he was. Very, very good uh, player for the Cavs. So I'm always going to be intertwined with the Cavaliers in that aspect. How, how, much longer did, how much longer did you play in Philly after, after that amazing event? Probably another four, four years or yeah. more. Yeah, uh, I can't remember what year Brad Darty came to the NBA, but probably for another four years. Uh, I didn't get tra- I got traded out of Phoenix in '92, so I played my first four years, my first eight years in Philly. So probably another four four years. Were you wanted to go back to that? Yeah, I I want to dive into um, the influence and the impact yeah. of Moses on yeah. you. Moses was the most important person because it's so funny, Ali. When I tell you this story, I said because I wasn't getting to play. Uh-huh. And Moses says, I said, Moses, we actually lived in the same building. So I said, Moses, can I come talk to you after practice? He said, sure. He was great. You know, that's the one thing I think the, a lot of these guys miss in the NBA with drafting these young kids. We had Moses, Dr. J, Maurice Cheeks, Andrew Tony, Bobby Jones, Clint Richardson, uh, Clement Johnson. All these guys were older. Uh, so the year disparity was what? Oh, I'm like 21, 22, and they're like 35, 36. Okay. Yeah. They taught me how to dress. They taught me how to save my money. They taught me how to be a professional. They taught me a lot of things. But Moses, I went up there. I said, Moses, why am I not getting to play? And Moses, well, young fella, you're fat and you're lazy. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not sure how to take that. And he says, which part, the fat or the lazy part? And he says, Charles, you're only lazy because you're fat. He says, you can't play in the NBA at 300 pounds. Too many games. Too many games. First of all, the players are too good. Yeah. He says, if you want to be great, he said, I think you got so much talent, but you got to lose some weight. He says, let's lo-, he said, let's start small. He said, lose 10 pounds. Okay, so then I get to 290. I'm start- I, and I feel How? a lot. Uh, just working out and eating better. Anyway. So then he says, so now I'm starting to really, because you, know, you can work a lot harder. So now I'm starting to work hard. He said, I need you to lose 10 more pounds. So then I'm at 280. Now I'm actually getting to play. And I'm making a difference. He says, let's get to 270. And I get to 270. Now I'm uh, I'm getting a lot of playing time. Now I'm almost starting. Then he said, let's get to 260. I get to 260. Now I'm starting. And I'm making a really nice little thing. I get to 250. Now I'm really not just starting. I'm playing really well. I actually got to 240. And I suppose I don't feel strong and powerful. Mm-hmm. He says, well, 250 is your weight. Well, especially considering that you're like 6'3". <laughs> right. So six, six, well, I'm 6'6", six, six, man. So six, I'm going to go to my You death. went from 6'4 to 6'6". Six, six. Did uh, you hear that? You go, a, I'm 6'6". Six, six, six. You know, you know, everybody lies. I've been telling people I've been 6'6". Six, six. I'm really 6'4 and a half, but I've been telling people I was 6'6 six, six my whole life. <laughs> But, yeah, he got me down to 250, and the rest is history. I mean, he was amazing. Uh, just, I mean, I miss him. You know, and, uh, you know, they really, I call them dad mm-hmm. for all his life. And, you know, it was so it was not cool, but kind of cool. His family asked me to do the eulogy at his funeral a couple of years ago, and it's one of the greatest responsibilities I've ever had. And I was just telling when I when I was speaking at the funeral what just, you know, it, it was it was really weird, too, because – 
The Friday night was the Hall of Fame. The Saturday was the Hall of Fame weekend. So I got a chance to see him. Because every time I told him, I said, hey, Dad, how you doing? You know, I love you, right? I saw him that Friday night at the Hall of Fame. And then the, 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 the induction, induction ceremony was Saturday. And I was going to L.A. to shoot a commercial. So when I landed in L.A., I had 50 911 texts from friends. I'm like, oh, something's happened. And as soon as I land, I call. I said, what happened? What's going on? They're like, they found Moses Malone dead this morning. Because I was going to L.A., and he was going to Virginia, where he's from, to do his golf tournament. And I guess he went was down, he woke, didn't wake up. Uh, so it wasn't painful, thank God. But when I landed in L.A., I was going to shoot a, a Capital One commercial. And like I say, 911 from a bunch of my friends, they were calling to check on me and see how I was doing. I didn't know anything. That, that was one of the most toughest days. I like told them, I say, we can't shoot today. I need, we, got, we need to move this thing to tomorrow. But it was really tough on me. And uh, I'm going to miss that guy because he's great. Yeah, you, you made a really, really valid point. You said that, that I, I think it was, you were talking about Philly, and this was a couple of years ago when they were really, really struggling. And they had no one – they had no veteran on their team. Yeah. And they were, they were tanking, and they were, they were you know, trying to get higher picks, mm-hmm. and they were trusting the process, and they were doing this. But even the guys that they did have there, yeah. they had no veteran there yeah. to show them how to be a professional. And, and, that, and that's one of the things, like, for me, I don't – like, the one and done, which I, I think is stupid. I think everyone knows. Everyone has their own opinion. But it was like – when you go, what's to your school, opinion on the one and done? Well, my thing is that so I was so I was the thirteenth pick in the draft. That yeah. year was the year that Kwame Brown, Sagana Yap, Tyson Chandler, yeah. Eddie Curry, they all came out. Yeah. So I was a little mad because I felt like I probably would have been top ten had all those high school kids not come out. But with the exception of Tyson Chandler, you've had a better career than all those guys. Well, well but my my biggest thing about that is that I went to school for three years. Yeah. And here I am playing my 17th year. Jason Terry, who I played with, you know, went to school for four years, mm-hmm. and he's playing 19 years. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me that if you go to school, it devalues you. It actually prepares you to play in bigger games. It prepares you, in my opinion. Tim Duncan played four years. Yeah. And so, everybody so did. Everybody who's, did. Who's yeah. saying that it devalues you? No, they do. They say the longer you stay in yeah. school now, it, oh, it, as, it, a player. as a player, it devalues you. So, like, if you're freshman year, then maybe your sophomore year. From what, skill? No. Just no, that's like, just that they said – if you stand in college, you must not be good you enough. Must that's not they, be good. That's what the underlying current says. Yeah, and so I like I, I'll give a point of this, right? And I, I've talked about this on here. My my final four, right? And this was 17 years ago, but my final four was on North Carolina. Uh, it was Michigan State had Jason Richardson, Zach Randolph, Charlie Bell. Uh, my team had me, Gilbert Arenas, Luke Walton. Uh, Duke had uh, Chris Duhan. Jason Williams, Shane Battier, Carlos Boozer, uh, Mike Dunleavy, and then um, and uh, the, who was the team? Maryland had Juan Dixon, mm-hmm. uh, Steve Blake, Wilcox. So it's like, wait a second. When we had the one and done, the final four had yeah. 20 pros in it. Uh-huh. When you were allowed to go one yeah. and done, you had 20 pros, guys that were going to play 10-plus years and be impactful throughout the NBA. But then all of a sudden, you you make this one and done, and now the final four, it just looks – you know, how many yeah. pros were in the final four this year? Well, I hate one and done. Yeah. I hate it for two reasons. Number one, they're not ready for the NBA. But the, my biggest problem is the way the draft is designed, Bad teams are supposed to get help. Established players. Not a guy who might be good in five years. 
I think that's not fair to the fans. Yeah. And the thing I always tell people, I've been in the NBA for 30 years. There's only one player that I've seen who was ready for the pros, and that was LeBron. Yeah. I said, even as great as Kobe Bryant was and Kevin Garden, those guys, they struggle early in their career, people forget. Yeah. LeBron's the only guy I've ever seen. And I'm not just saying it because I'm doing it, y'all no, no, but, but physically. Yeah, physically. Yeah. And like Dwight Howard was was But he has so many holes in his game. True. What are the similarities, parallels with Ben Simmons? Well, Ben Simmons to me is a perfect example of a guy who's because I don't I, I think red shirt is important. Yeah, he had two years. Two years. So so but that's what I would like to see. Two get the guys stay in college for two years. Two years. Because you know, it was so funny. We were doing this thing uh, when I was doing March Madness this year. And five of the guys on Villanova's team all redshirted. And they're all going to go pro, too. They all redshirted. And they we did they did this whole segment about Jason. We told Bridges, uh, Mikael Bridges, you're not ready to play. First of all, he still weighs 180 pounds. But he says, you're not ready to play. We're going to redshirt you. Uh, they had like five guys. We did a whole special when we were up at CBS on them. Mm-hmm. And – I said, see, this is my advantage, what Ben Simmons' advantage is, because when you redshirt, you get bigger, stronger, you get better coaching, and plus the game slows down for you. So he has a huge advantage uh, being a redshirt. Over Donovan Mitchell? Over Donovan Mitchell. Thank you. That's yes. my rookie of the year. Yeah, yeah. That's my rookie of the year, see, Donovan I, we Mitchell. We had this argument every year. Oh. Same thing happened with Blake Griffin a couple years ago. I said, I don't think it's fair for guys who are not true rookies to be rookie of the year because you're getting bigger and stronger, great coaching. That's you a get huge, experience. Yeah. Just, just sit and, 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 and this is another thing that, that uh, a friend pointed out to me, uh, and it won't be as stupid as what Erica said. Uh, it was <laughs> Ben Simmons is not going to be a free agent the same year as Donovan Mitchell. Ben Simmons is not getting yeah. paid yeah. on the first year of a uh, of a rookie deal. Yeah. So it's like he got paid for a full year, yeah. and so with all of that money that you're able, you're able to get trainers, you're yep. able to get, you're able to do all of these things. Donovan Mitchell did not know who his team and who his coach was going to be yeah. until the end of June, right? Yeah. Like till the end of June. So he didn't know what system. He didn't know who his teammates. He yeah. didn't know anything. He replaced an All NBA player in Gordon Hayward. And then took him to the play. And, no not to and, mention and, the position on the floor that he steps into. Oh yeah, he steps in. Like Ben Simmons is uh, is amazing. People, it's not like all of a sudden you say, "I believe this person be rookie of the year," and the other the other guy's no, not good. Yeah. It's just there was a the fact that it's comparable, and this other person had a huge advantage. I agree that that that's something. And and I think just for a guy like Donovan, I think it would be it's it's hard to watch him lose a rookie of the year given the year that he's had. And it, first of all. You have to give – Ben has a huge advantage of the players he's playing with yeah. also. I mean, you playing with Joel Embiid, D- Dario Saric, J.J. Redick. Yeah. I mean, we did this thing about – talking about Rick of the Year. I said, okay, who's the second best player uh, on Utah? And Kenny says, Gobert. Ernie says, I agree with Gobert. Yeah. And I said, well, who's the third best player? And they're like uh, – Jay Crowder. <laughs> Ricky Rubio. Yeah, I, I know. Ingles. I know. You're, it, oh, Ingles favors. It, it just, yeah, yeah, but but, it, but it's a toss up. Yeah, like you know, in Philly, you're like, oh, he got Joel Embiid, he got Sarek, he got JJ Redick. He so got imagine you got Marco Bellinelli, a championship. No, but, no, but now wait a second. One other key thing too is that that team is built around uh, Ben Simmons' talent, and they known they've known what they've had, yes. and even come the deadline and uh, in the playoff deadline, they go and get Ilyasova. They'll go and get Bellinelli because these guys mm-hmm. match who he, he is. is. Yes. Well, well, and so it makes his game easier, and so for Donovan. He is a scoring guard that has to be efficient, that has to make the right plays, that has to fit into that system, that has to make free throws. Nobody at the end picked of the game. Utah to make the playoffs this year. No, 
And for what he's done, I agree with you. He should be rookie of the year. Yeah. I know Ben is going to win it. Yeah. But what Donovan has done has been amazing. And they said that you can't split votes. So for all the people that are talking about the co-rookie of the year, which I think would be the only fair thing to do. I think it would be fair. I mean, we've done that before. Yeah, yeah we, I was going to say, you can't. But can. they were saying then, then you can't split votes. They were saying, like, I was saying, now you can't split votes. Back then, you could give half a vote to Jason Kidd, half yeah, a vote NBA, to Grant. Yeah, but the NBA, I wish they would step in and just do the right oh, thing. Oh, yeah, they, they should fix it the same yeah, way like, they do hey, the listen, draft. We don't care what the vote is. We're going to give it to both of y'all. It'd be fair, and it, I think everybody would be happy. And, 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 and I think it's deserving. So Because even if you look at him in the playoffs, he hasn't missed a beat. Oh, man, like, do you know, And that's what I try to tell people. You don't know how hard it is to score 20 points oh my every single night in this uh, league with everyone trying to stop you. He's never seen these defenses before. Yeah. He's never seen this. And then the go in the playoffs, I didn't even show up till the second round. Uh, in my first play, my rookie year, yeah. my first playoff series, I was non-existent. It took me a minute to understand the intensity yeah. and the focus. And then the second round, I kind of started pl- started understanding, started playing a little bit more intense. Well, you did say something very interesting then. I remember when I first became a star, man – to go out there and have to get 20 points every night, it's like – It's hard. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, it is unbelievable. Is That's it, why I admire guys who are – you know, there's – first of all, I always tell people, everybody in the NBA can play, but then there's stars, there's all-stars, then there's superstars. Super. I says to go out there and get 25 points a night – Man, what what a defense is designed Everything. to stop you. Two people at you. Yes. In your mind, what separates a superstar from an all-star? Guys who can do it. Uh, some guys just have good years, and they're just good, real good players. But there's only one or two guys who are superstars. Current, you're saying? Uh, yeah. Right uh, you know, LeBron's a superstar. KD's a superstar. James Harden's a superstar. Steph. Steph. Russ. No one's, no one's listening. Uh, <laughs> no one's listening. <laughs> Russ has has not figured out how to make everybody around him better. better. You know that he got to figure that out. Like he's a hell of a player. Yeah. But he got to learn to make players around him better, because that team should be better. Uh, if you give me Carmelo. And Paul George and Stephen Adams, who I think is probably the most underrated Beast. player in the league. Yeah. I love Paul. Yeah. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. I love Steve. Uh, but that team should be better. Yeah. Yeah. What's up, road tripping fans? Even though Richard and Channing are no longer with the Cavs, they'll always be looked at as either an old married couple or teammates for life. Uninterrupted and State Farm are getting together to bring you The Sixth Sense, where NBA teammates like Victor Oladipo and Miles Turner show how they get each other like no other the way RJ and Channing do here on Road Trippin'. Check out the latest episode of The Sixth Sense on youtube.com slash uninterrupted. And maybe you can get a teammate off the court that gets you too. This leads me to an interesting topic, and we actually talked about this um, before. For you and your position right now, how hard is it? Is it hard to... How hard is it? Is it hard? So is it hard? Is it not hard? (laughs) To do what you do every night on TV. Um hold your credibility, mm-hmm. but also talk about players and, and give your honest. Yeah. It's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. It's it impossible. Is. It is. I mean, I get calls from players and agents mm-hmm. and coaches all the time because my credibility is my number one thing. Yep. But you can't, it's, 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 it's impossible to, to, to make everybody happy. It's impossible not to be critical at times because people just see what they see. 
I can't say you didn't see that. Uh, that's uh, to answer your question. It's impossible, but guys want me to say you didn't just see what you saw. No matter how bad they played, how whatever good or bad, uh, everybody everybody wants you to tell them great things all the time, and that's impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the comment section in Instagram. I know you're not a social media. guy. I do no social no, media, but, but but I'm just saying you can on Instagram. You can post a photo. You can have. 200 positive comments and people only focus on the four one yeah the four negative, negative comments and you're just like wait a second you just had 500 positive things said about right. you you had ten thousand likes and then there's five people on there yeah. they could be trolling or another it's like oh you suck i hope you die and you're like that's unfortunately yeah. not always the case that's though. not yes it is there's always no, some but i'm talking about, I'm talking about for athletes please, for athletes please everybody no what i'm saying is yeah. there's a lot of instances where it's all negative. That's oh, what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. Social media well, is such an open for you, platform for that. But it's that. different for you because you're a woman. Uh, there's a double standard when you're a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I've seen and heard, because i got a lot of women friends who are in the business, mm-hmm. and they've shown me some things. There's a double standard uh, when you're a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys don't. They're so sexist and just such assholes, to be honest with you. Like, and fans are crazy to a certain degree. They want you to say everything positive about their team. Mm-hmm. They want you to say everything positive about their favorite player. And if you deviate from that in any way, it's personal. They, it's personal, and they're gonna go at you, uh, especially if you're a woman. Um, and you just, you just, like I say, I stay away from that. I, I eliminate all social media out of my life because I like because Ernie gonna say Charles, who you picking tonight? Uh, I'm gonna pick this team, and then she, Kitty and Ernie <laughs> will show me something about. They have to pick teams also. They're like, look at some of the stuff these people are saying to me because I didn't pick their team. Like we really care about rat's ass who wins. Yeah. Well, well, no, I never no, care. I, no, you don't care. Like, I don't care don't at care. all. You're just giving an opinion. I, so I just, first of all, I tell people, did I you just want it to be over? So I just want to play golf and fish every day. <laughs> I'm ready for summertime. Did you? I get four months vacation. I play golf and I fish every day. I don't care. You who fish? Wins. I do. I love. Oh, fish. we are really connected. Oh, you oh, fish? Here we go. My mom just went walleye fishing this weekend. Did she really? Yeah. You know, growing up in Alabama, my grandmother, who's the greatest person in my life ever, we, you know, we grew up really poor. It was me and my brothers and, and my mother. My mom was a maid. My grandmother worked at a meat packing factory. So she went fishing pretty much four or five days a week for us to have extra meat. Oh wow. Uh we had a lot of fried fish. Um, so good, that, ex- that explains that explains the three hundred. Yeah. That and the pig we killed every summer. Uh, no big deal. Yeah. So so growing up, me and my brother we had to go dumpster diving. We had to go to Birmingham and go dumpster diving. So, like, me and uh, – we grew up in the projects. So, me and, like, three or four of the other families, we bought one pig a year. So, me and other kids – my grandfather had a, a pickup truck, and we would drive to Birmingham, which is about 20 minutes, 30, 30 minutes away. And we would dive – we would go around to every supermarket in town and go dumpster diving to get all the nasty stuff, food. Yeah to take back to the farm. And we, we, we all pooled our money in the neighborhood and we bought like three or four pigs a year. And right before winter, we would kill the pig. And have a ton of meat. And we spent like the whole summer 
uh, dumpster diving, feeding these pigs. The day right before winter, we would kill them. Kill the pigs. <laughs> yeah. We had a hog farm, too. Did you? Yeah, oh, and they would slaughter the pigs. Here we oh, go. We had baby pigs. Yeah, and then you watch them grow, and then you take them to the fair, and then you slaughter them. Yeah, that's exactly right. That yeah. sounds so vicious. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah, it's like some Charlotte we, Wedge shit we, over here. We, we, don't, we didn't use the word slaughter. We just like, we just going to kill them. We just going to kill them. <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's like, was it humane? It was, was like, I don't know. No, like, because uh, I, if I remember, you shot them in the head. <laughs> And then you have to hit them with a sledgehammer. So I, you basically slaughter them. Yes, yes. Peter, <laughs> but, please, but then please you would, tag then us. Then we would sit them away, and then like a week later, like forty to fifty little white packets <laughs> would show up at your house with something, what different, what part of the feet? Nice. Uh, food. Like Tasted I say, good. Pit, chitlins, chitlins uh, pig ears, pig pig's feet. feet. Yeah. Oh my God, it was unbelievable. Gosh, <sighs> that that's yeah. I, I can't relate to that shit. Fishing I, I, is much better. No, I, I, yeah. Fish I was, is oh my, Fish my is grandmother. Great. You know, being from Alabama, we went fishing every weekend. Uh, but like I say, main thing, my grandmother. We had, just because uh, two of my brothers have passed away. I got one brother left. My mother and grandmother are both gone. My dad lives in California. But growing up, it was my mom, my grandmother, and my brothers. And we always struggled to to make ends meet. Uh-huh. And uh, my grandmother would fish in every day to supplement our food supply. So uh, what kind of fishing do you do now? Uh, I, I do uh I hate deep water. Yeah. I'm a lakes and ponds guy. Fly okay. fishing? Yeah. Uh, no, I have not ever been fly fishing. I've been fly fishing in that. No, uh, walleye? Uh, uh, no. Perch, walleye. Bluegill? No. no. Uh, what do you fish? <laughs> uh, bass, oh, bass, trout, okay. brim, catfish, catfish things yeah. like that. Uh, first of all, we. Uh, Can you gut it? Can you cut it? No. Cut it? You can't what? do that. I can't do that. Oh. I can't do that. Oh, well, you, you should come to our neck of the woods. Farm? Oh, yeah, you are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I don't do any of that, that stuff. My dad goes once a year to Canada. They go for a week. Oh, and my And they God. come back with like 2,100 bluegill. Oh, but my, they, my my uh, financial advisor goes to Canada. He, him and the guys <laughs> go to Canada every summer, and they live in the wild as wilderness like animals. <laughs> they invite me every year. They're Ice like, fishing and shit. No, no, yeah. they go up there every summer and they live in a cabin, like eight of them. You're on the water at like four a.m. And, and I'm like, no, nah, we gonna stay, we gonna stay at the Ritz. Uh, I'll go. <laughs> the I need, Ritz. I'm not gonna go live in. You worked really, really, really hard, hard to be spoiled. To be sp- Yes. Thank oh, you. Richard. Oh, my oh, God. Now, no, me and my, my wife got into an argument, um, <laughs> a really bad one, a really, really bad one, because um, – Should you be telling this? Yeah, I don't care. Okay. So she <laughs> – so she gets mad at our packer. So obviously we didn't make the playoffs in Denver. And so uh, she got mad at the people that were packing. It was like, oh, don't worry. She's like, hey, can you just unpack your, your – or she can, can you just pack up your clothes? And I was like, no. And she was like – why, why? Why not? Just, just pack your clothes. Like, don't worry. I'll do the rest of the house. You just pack your clothes. I'm like, no, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna pack. And she was just like, why are you being so spoiled? Like, just pack. And I was like, you earned I, the right to be spoiled. Thank you, Charles. Like, as someone that you running up and down the court all these uh, years. Yeah. And that's what I said. I was like, I was like, no. And she was like, look, okay, you go to L.A. and I'll do this. And I was like, or you can go to L.A. and I'll stay here and do this. And she was like, well, what are you gonna just come pay somebody to do this? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm a pay someone to do this. I've been doing this for years. Yeah. I, the the like the the least amount of stress. They're that gonna I can do have. it better. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You're gonna. Pay, they're gonna do it better. You're gonna have to pay a premium. But if you don't have to do it, that's yeah. worth every dollar you can you can afford. I try to do as little as possible. God, this is a man. I've earned that, the right. This is a man that I've understands. earned the right to chill out. Thank you. I feel like Richard. When you get into broadcasting, it's kind of along the lines. That you're going to be like Chuck. Oh, 100. percent This is uh, this has been this has been. I one really of my, do. I, but, I, but that's why I'm I'm trying to pick his brain as much as possible. I have. I want to go back to when you talked about how impossible it is. Um, uh, like 
again, I grew up watching you. I yeah. like my fir- like one of my first finals memories is is you uh, versus M- mm-hmm. versus MJ because he always brags uh, about your commercials together. Yeah, too. yeah. So yeah, that because that was a highlight of my thing. I had a couple of Nike commercials with Chuck. No one yeah. cares because this was before YouTube. But <laughs> if you guys go really really deep in there, you're gonna see that uh, I used to be able to do a little bit. But your relationship with Michael, yeah. watching, being on Bron's team when Bron got a little on the sensitive side, yeah. and got a little frustrated and started throwing some shots. Yeah. And, like, that's the part that, like, you are so well-respected from older players to younger players. You were a generational talent. You know, there were, again, we can, we're can we going to get into your Nike commercial. Yeah. Like, I'm not a role model. But, like, how does that impact you, like, personally? Like, when it's, it's like uh, – Well, you know me and Michael aren't friends anymore yeah, because that's, of that. Yeah. That, that was tough. Because yeah. for a guy who was, I loved like a brother and felt like a brother who – we were together for a lot of years. But – I was asked a question about his GM skills. Yeah. And I said. Who he just hired a new one, Mitch Kupchak from the Lakers. Yes, but this is way back. Yeah. And this is a guy who uh, we were pretty, really, really close. Yeah. And I said, I was asking a question. I said, he's never going to be successful as a GM as long as he's hired his friends. I said, you can't hire your friends because your friends are never going to be honest with you. Yeah. Because uh, they want the private jet. They want you to always pick up the check. So. You need to have people around you who are going to be honest with you. And I, and I said that, and I, and, and, I, and I stick by that. And he went ballistic. Yeah. And we haven't spoken in uh, a lot of years, and that's unfortunate. I miss him. I love him. I wish him nothing but the best. But, Richard, you got to do your job. Yeah. Because I can't get on – like, if I get on TV and say, oh, he's done a great job as GM, <laughs> you're going to be like, he has? Yeah. Then it affects your credibility. It affects yeah. your ability have, to make money. I have a question, though. After all the years, how can something like that – Players are sensitive. People are very. sensitive. Very sensitive. You work with yeah. Bron. You work with Kevin. You work but with But I just Kyrie, feel like you, you had with... such an awesome re- – like that you you guys haven't been able to – No, because he uh, – he, he, I'm not sure what he wants. I, can't, I, I, I I stick by what I said. That, it has nothing to do with our friendship either. That was my, right. my job. And like uh, even like, like LeBron who – and I've said this before. I think LeBron James' story is the greatest thing ever happened in sports history. For an 18-year-old kid to come into the NBA, be that good, mm-hmm. and then become great, 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 never get in a stitch of trouble in today's world, world I think it's one of the greatest stories for a guy to be as great as he is as a player, to go from 18 to now and never even sniffed. I mean, the only thing people ever got mad about Brian was the decision. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the greatest, if not the greatest story in sports history. And I got mad at him for talking about he needs some help. I said, wait, you got Kyrie. Uh, you got Kevin Love. Richard Jefferson. Jefferson. <laughs> yeah. Said, you got all these guys. And you're talking about you don't have enough help. I said, you you want all the good players? Because he, he has to take some responsibility for starting this super team thing. Uh, he has to. Richard has a different opinion. Well, he can. That's the good thing about yeah. opinions. I, I, Yeah, okay. Super team, fine. But would you compare what Bron did to what KD did? Do yes. You, how, how can you do that? Because yeah, this is what I'm saying. What was Miami's record prior to the year before Bron showed up? Yeah, but he but the, when you get all the great players together and y'all conspire. So, 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 two, so two, wait, that's like you, Pippen, Clyde Drexler – 
They, they we were all we, what? we were old like seventy five years old. But that's fine. And the, we got traded number one. <laughs> oh no, to trade. Oh okay, so, so we trade. got traded. Okay, so the buddy deal. We, we, let's the put buddy deal is so different. The, so the so the buddy deal of Pal Gasol and Jerry West going to L A. or the buddy deal of Kevin McHale sending KG to uh, to Boston. But you guys got traded in Houston. This is what I'm saying. Those are all trades. I know. I, again, we didn't go in the but, banana boat so, and say, "Hey guys, let's get together." <laughs> well, well, that okay, happened so, after the fact. Yeah, so so my thing is this. <laughs> My my thing is this, and I, and I've you know I get into it with people and crack jokes about it. The only difference is is that that team had that team wasn't successful. Like Kevin Durant, who to me is the you know the second best player on the planet, and to have him go and join a seventy three win team that and already I, won I a championship. That, that no, but it's not the criticism. I'm just saying those two types of super teams are different. That'd be like LeBron not going to Cleveland. Are not going to Miami, but LeBron going and joining the big three in in Boston. Like he like he went to a team that hadn't won a championship. Yeah, but like, they conspired. That's what pissed oh, us the conspire, off. That's the yeah. conspired. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Like hey, okay. let's get together, us three. Yeah. Like, that's what bothered us as older players. Yeah. Why? I mean, uh, because like you, first of all, everybody wants to win, uh, but you and you want to compete against the best. Because what KD did was wrong too. Because KD they actually had the best team. Yeah, yes, they did. They had the best team. Uh, Harrison Barnes. Yeah, yeah, what? Told that. Yeah, Harrison Barnes yeah, ha- came yeah. on here and they said They had that. the best team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it, it really bothered us. Like I say, I don't, let, let me tell you this. And I hope LeBron stays in Cleveland, too. I think it would be great for the NBA. I'd be really disappointed if he went to L.A. or Houston. I mean, there's so many rumors out there. I hope he stays in Cleveland and finishes his career there because I think it's just, just a great story. <laughs> and I remember I was in L.A. shooting a commercial. And I, I was it was early in the morning and Colin I was listening to Colin Coward in the morning and he read that uh sports illustrated thing. Everybody was waiting on LeBron to make a decision. And I remember calling Colin. I said, Man, that's one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of as a fan. Yeah. I was so happy when he went back to Cleveland. So was I. And and, and I hope he finished his career there. Yeah. Uh, because it's just great for the first of all, it's great for the NBA. I think Cleveland is an underrated city. It gets a, a bad rap because of the Browns. I think more than anything. <laughs> do you think? What do you think, Cleveland or San Antonio? Uh, well, San Antonio is different because they just got the Spurs. Yeah, they got the greatest, uh, in my opinion, other than the Celtics and the Lakers. They're the greatest basketball franchise ever. Yeah, what Popovich has done, and number one, shout out to Coach Pop and my blessings and thoughts with him and his family uh, on the loss of his wife. Yes. But that what they've done in San Antonio is remarkable. But Cleveland's different because Cleveland's like a big city. Yeah. You know. They got they got every team. They got, got Indians, every team. They got, yeah, they got. And it's all right there. Yeah, it's all right. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a good time. And, I, and the thing I like about it is when you spend some time there, like, oh, man, we can go see the Indians. Yeah. Oh, man, the Browns are starting practice. Yeah. Oh, they got the Cavaliers. Yeah. I mean, you got. I mean, and the Browns are the number one team in the town. Browns are the. We always joke about that. Like, what teams? Oh, it's are the mo- Browns. It's the Browns. That's like, like in Philadelphia. Yeah, it, it's like the Eagles. Yeah. No matter how much success we had as the uh, the Flyers, the, or, or the Phillies, yeah. or the Sixers, it, it's it's, it's a Philadelphia Eagles. town, and that's in Boston. No matter what you say, 
it is a Red Sox town. Yeah. And then I would say Celtics, and yep. then I would say Patriots. Yep. Right? Like, that. that's the way. In L.A., yep. no matter what, the it's, Lakers. it's the Lakers. Yep. If you go to Chicago, it's the Cubs. Yeah. Right? Now, Jordan and all the things that they did, it probably goes them, then the Bears, yep. and then the Bulls. Yep. Now, but that just goes to let you know how what great of a sports town it is yes. when the Bulls are probably the third most popular, and they're yeah. one of the great franchises in history. And, and, and the thing that sucks about the Browns is, like, I, I, I want to – like, they have the best fans. Yeah, they do. And for them to be so bad for so long uh, is crazy. Uh, but I, I'm really hoping they turn it around. They're, they're going they, – it always it, – it's it's cyclical. They'll figure it out. It's like Philly. Yeah. One thing well, that I, I – Wait, cyclical? Yeah. When did, you, when did y'all have y'all cycle in Cleveland? Uh Brian Sipe. You can't say y'all. Brian Sipe. What do you mean y'all? I like. I remember I, Brian Sipe, Ernest Biner, and those guys. See, no, see, again, see, I grew up an Eagles fan. My parents are from Philly, so I grew up on the Keith Byers, yeah, Randall yeah, Cunningham, yeah. Reggie White. Uh, those are the guys that 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 I grew up watching. That's what's cool about Philly, because I, I still live in Philly during the summer. Yeah. And when I was there as a player, like I said, I played my first eight years there. You know, I went to a bunch. I'm a big hockey fan, yeah. so I went to see all the Flyers. Ron Hextall is my favorite hockey player yeah. of all time. Eric Lindros, Rick, okay. Rick Tocchet, who's the coach in Arizona now. Then I go see the Eagles play. A lot uh, and, to do. And, I'm, and I'm like, man, I'm hanging out with Jerome Brown, Keith yeah. Byers, Keith Jackson, yeah, yeah, uh, Reggie White, no, those are the guys. Randall Cunningham. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, this is cool. Oh, my dad wouldn't go to church. My dad wouldn't go to church if, because you know, back in the day before the package, like when we moved to, we moved to, we moved in like '89. We moved to Phoenix, and my my mom and stepdad got uh, got married. Then we moved to uh, to Phoenix. He wouldn't go to church. And my parents are, you know, they were Christian missionaries, yeah. blah, blah. He wouldn't go to church if the Eagles were playing on TV that day. Because you only had, like, two channels. Yeah. And it was if the, if the Eagles were the game of the week. Yeah. He, he just wasn't going. That, that You know, it's thing. so funny talking to these kids today because they don't even realize, like, we got games on every single every night single now. Every single night. You know, when I got to the NBA, first, before I got to the NBA, there was only a game on Sunday. Yeah. Like Sunday afternoon, you're like, oh, and it was always going to be Philadelphia, Lakers, or Boston. Yeah, they were always in play. Yeah, it was that, that was a game of the week every Sunday. The, you know, the finals were tape delayed. Oh yeah, I oh, mean, but what? now yeah, the t- yeah. finals. It was bad. That's what they were talking about. Like Magic yeah. and what Larry helped change it around. Jordan took it to another level. Yeah, the two most the two most important people uh, in NBA history. No disrespect to all the great old players who are amazing, opened up a lot of doors for us, but. Bird and Magic saved the NBA. Yeah. Because it was thought of as a drug-infested, bunch of crazy black guys. And Bird and Magic, uh, they're like uh, Arnold and Jack and Golf. And that then rivalry. Tiger took it to another level. Michael Jordan took it to another level. But Magic Johnson and Larry Bird single-handedly saved the NBA and made it what it is today. Michael took it to another level, obviously. But you look at Golf, Jack. And Arnie, they carried that baton for the whole – then Tiger took it to a whole nother level. Yeah, no, uh, uh, David Stern, that's when he took over. Yeah, he took over the year I came into yeah, the NBA. Yeah, started taking some things over. You guys had a pretty good relationship, I bet. We did have a good relationship, yeah. unless you messed up. Unless you messed up. <laughs> then He's then, scary. Yeah. Who? Uh, wait, was Rod Thorne still his Oh, yeah, Rod, yeah, Rod Thorne. Yeah. So Rod Thorne drafted me, and so uh, – You yeah. and Michael Jordan. I, yeah, yeah, me and Michael Jordan. That's his claim to fame. I tell him people all the time. <laughs> yeah. That's who Rod Thorne drafted. But, no, no, it – you're right. Like the NBA and, and 
you know, what the, the, the point that I want to kind of get to next is you had that amazing commercial. Like, I remember just recently, mm-hmm. I started getting all your, like, Air Max 95s because yeah. I couldn't afford them when you were playing in, when you were playing in <laughs> Phoenix. I couldn't afford them. So, like, these are the shoes, like the 180s. Like, these are the shoes now that I, I look forward to wearing yeah. because it, it reminds me of when I couldn't afford them. And yeah. now Nike just sends them to me. So, it's kind of awesome. But – you had that commercial where you're it's like, so spoiled. I, I'm so spoiled. <laughs> where I, I'm, hey, I, we're gonna I, ride this thing out. Yeah, we're gonna ride this thing out as long as we <laughs> yeah. can. Hey, we were we grew up really poor. Yeah, it sucked. It's sucked. we didn't dumpster know how, diving. We didn't know slaughtering hogs. I'm never dumpster diving again. <laughs> no, but but it just makes you enjoy every meal that yes. you have right now. Oh yeah, yeah. But you had that commercial where it's like I'm not a role model, mm-hmm. and it was crazy like, yeah i remember the impact there were people that loved it people that hated yeah, it it was cool it was it was awesome like that was when again that was to me the golden era of nike yeah. right it was like michael jordan you pippen you guys were taking that nike yeah. thing to another level the dream team man all these guys owe michael a lot of love lot and credit love. because you know richard it's so funny now you look at kobe look at lebron and all these guys they're brands. You know, they're making 30 40 million dollars a year because of michael yeah because Nobody had shoes uh, back then. Mm-hmm. Nobody had signature shoes yeah. uh, back then. Yeah, and, and it was it was it was just a huge impact. And I remember like those Nike commercials. They were trying to make statements. Yeah, they were trying to make well, statements Sim- similar to what Apple did later. Well, so what happened was, so I went to you know Howard White, who's been my mentor, who uh, he's, he's who's Lynn Merritt now for oh, LeBron. Oh, Lynn, okay. And Phil, I said I got this idea about a, a role model commercial. I want to make because. They're like, are you crazy? I'm like, <laughs> yes. No, uh, you know, I know. I said, you don't understand. Because, Richard, what I figured out, and it still bothers me to this today because it's still going on, we got too many young black kids who think they're going to make it in pro sports. Mm-hmm. I said, you're not going to make it in pro sports, but you can be a doctor, lawyer, teacher, fireman, engineer, something like that. Yeah. We need to get these kids to be more thinking about education and things like that. And I said, when I go speak at these schools, all these black kids, like, uh, and, and unfortunately, a lot of these schools are still segregated. Yeah. So I, I started doing this little test. Uh, I said, well, how many of you guys want to play pro sports? Like, at a black school, like, Every 99% had their hands go yeah. up. But when I would go speak at uh, predominantly white schools, I said, well, how many of y'all want to play pro sports? Only about 5 to 10% of their hands went up. I said, well, what do you want to do? I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be an engineer, a teacher, fireman, policeman. So then I started taking stock. I'm like... Yo, man, I got to stop these kids from thinking from thinking they can only be successful through athletics and entertainment. Well, mm-hmm. What if it's what keeps them off the streets at that age? Well, it can keep them off the streets, sports but you, can. but you, but you yeah, got. To, oh, I, I, first of all, I want all, I love when kids play sports. Okay, but you should look at it as a way of, to get a free education, not that I'm gonna make it. it. So I was talking to a bunch of kids last night who came into the studio, and I said, "Well, how many y'all? Uh, there was the police athletic league." And they want to talk to me, and I ask a bunch of questions. Well, how many players y'all think is in the NBA? They're like a couple thousand. I said, no, there's only like 400 players in the NBA. They look at me like, what? And I said, well, and first of all, there's not really 400. I said, because uh, LeBron's going to be there, so now I'm down to 399. <laughs> I said, Kevin Durant's at 398. I said, realistically, guys, there's probably only 30, 40 jobs every a year, year. Every year. That open up. So, I don't want you guys thinking I'm gonna be one of the best 400 basketball players in the world. And that's if I, I said you got you got to have a, a plan B, and that's education. Plan B. I always talk to them about education. I said, first of all, I wish and Richard said this, and out of all the pro sports, I think we got the best one. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you only play three or four days a week. 
We stay in the best hotels, get a couple hundred dollars a day per diem. You make millions of dollars. The average NBA salary now is $5 million. Uh, I think the minimum is like a million. So you have a great living. Uh, you get three, four months vacation. Uh, and like, and if you're really bad, like five months. Yeah, yeah if you're really bad, <laughs> you're bad, you get like, like five, five months. Yeah. You know, so I think we have the best job in the world out of all the pro sports. Uh, so I wish everybody could do it, but I'm also realistic. Mm -hmm. And if really frustrate me that's like this thing going on with college now talking about one and done and things like that first of all it bothers me uh when people say well these kids ain't getting nothing I said, first of all quit saying that i hate when people tell young black men getting a free education ain't nothing mm. i said first of all they don't tell their own kids that i says don't I said, is it fair is the system fair it ain't perfect but do not sit here and tell me a guy getting a free education. I know so many people who are friends of mine who are still paying off college debt. Yeah. I say, the system is not perfect, and we need to keep making tweaks on it to make sure we take care of all these players. But I hate when I hear these guys get on TV and say, these kids ain't getting nothing. Well, they're getting a free education. And then the second they said, we got to pay the players. I said, okay, how are you going to pay the players? Uh, we paying the football team, playing the basketball team. Uh, now we got to worry about paying the girls' teams. Yeah, because it's going to uh, be Title IX. So title title nine. Nine is coming. Now, then we got to pay the well, swimming team. start smirking when you yeah. start talking no, about Title IX. Because, it's the truth. It, because people, I, these, these idiots get on TV every day and say, they got to pay these players. I said, well, explain to me how you're going to do it. Yeah. Because all this money they're talking about, it ain't going to be a lot of money when you start paying every sport. Yeah. Because you're going to have to pay every sport. Mm -hmm. We got to pay the equestrian team, the diving team, the lacrosse team. I said, so quote unquote, all this money they're talking about, everybody's making, which I don't think they, uh, there are some big numbers thrown out there, but they pay for everybody's education, everybody's uh, scholarship, everybody's equipment, and things like that. So uh, I want the best for the players, but I hate when guys get on TV and say, well, these killers, they're just screwing these players. They're not getting anything. Well, I, they are getting something. I, I think when you start looking at you know guys like Nick Saban, when you guys look at Calipari, these guys are making $7 million, mm -hmm. $6 million. That's when you just start looking around. It's, yeah. like, it's like, wait a second, these coaches are, are making – this amount of money. Yes. These the the schools are making tons of money. Yes. They're selling jerseys with mm -hmm. these kids' names on Arizona. What they did is they stopped selling jerseys with particular numbers, and they just started selling jerseys with the particular year that the calendar year was yeah. on. So it was like the jer the jersey would be Arizona, and then it'd be eighteen on the back. Well, right? I think that's that no we, fun we, though. No, it is no fun. But but yeah, but, the, but see that brings up another problem. So it's funny you said it, Ali, because uh, I was has have we had this conversation a lot, especially when I'm doing Mars Madness. And the guy says, well, why don't they let players just sell their own individual thing? I said, that's a, that's a great theory. You're just wrong. And, and I said, Cause let me tell you why you're wrong. I said, that's great if you're a star. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. great. But let me tell you something. And then you start wanting to go to the market that's biggest. No, no, no. No, 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 no. But I'm, talking, I'm talking about just in college. Yeah. Listen, if I'm a big, fat, ugly offensive lineman, and the quarterback and the running back, who I do all the work for, are making an extra five or six hundred thousand dollars on their jersey, and I don't get a dime of it. Uh, you think there's going to be some resentment in the locker room? <laughs> because nobody's buying the offensive lineman's jersey. Yeah. They're going to buy the quarterback and the running back's jersey. And like I say, that's not smart. If I'm a defensive lineman, I'm like, wait a minute, pretty boy quarterback making all the money, the running back, <laughs> like, so. This, that's this, a, and that's the thing in basketball. They only got two, maybe three faces of the team. In football, yes. in football, they only got like three faces. Like on basketball, yeah. 
you got the whole team. Everyone gets to see us. Yeah. Like every poster, like you were like that was the tension at Arizona when I was there. Not like tension, but it was like you know the quarterback got plenty of attention because there's always those things. Football bat teams and basketball teams don't typically were you get along. Jealous of the quarterback, Richard? No, because we were the number one team in the country, <laughs> and they weren't very good. Yeah. <laughs> so, Did so. you win a title? Uh, no, we lost in the national championship, but um, they they didn't make it to a bowl game that year. So it was kind so of you like were happy. So I, yeah, it made me feel a little bit better. It made me feel a little have, better. Have you been frustrated uh, with the Arizona program lately? You know, Sonny, you say that. I just went there and I talked to Sean Miller. Um, I was just on campus. Lute Olson, who I love, who is like everyone's grandfather. He yeah. just got a statue. So me and Miles Simon, we went there and we they did like a catsies, which is like imagine is like the espies for yeah. like arizona athletes so yeah. it's like all the athletes get dressed up and you know it, it's just it's it's different just being in there and feeling the air because arizona basketball program was really the pride of yeah. the university right the the women's softball team coach candrea yeah, yeah. they they had they were you know the swim team the golf team like they've had big but the arizona basketball one was the national program no question and so Anytime a basketball, I'm not picking off of the Final no, Four no, no, anymore. No, you know no, that? Don't, don't, because they haven't been there since I was there. And let me tell you something. I have picked them seven years in a row, uh, and, and y'all have broken my heart. It, it, and it, people it, says you want to pick Arizona because you live there. I like, dude, they got a good, really good, good team. team. They, they, and we've had really, really good teams. I think there is a right now. There is a little bit of a of a funk over the program right now. And it's like I was telling people, it's like, look, like we lost. Well, first we, of all, let me we just lost say Sha- this. But we lost Shaq's son to UCLA, I, I, right? I know. And then. UCLA had three kids arrested in China. Uh, it's not like their program is perfect. Right? Well, let me, but let me just tell you this about that kid, DeAndre Aiden. Oh, he's a stud. Uh, first of all, they allegedly y'all gave him $100,000. Yeah. That's what called a bargain. A um, bargain. That's a bargain. A, a bargain. bargain. A bargain. And let me tell you something. It must have been a closed bidding because I'd have gave him more to go to Auburn. I, oh, that, <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and 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 truth be told, like even at the award show, and all the athletes were amazing. There were some amazing amazing speakers. Uh, Chris McGee, Geeter, uh, he he uh, emceed the event. But you could just tell, like the Arizona, like normally the program yeah. just had there was so much pride. But just being around all the athletes, and you could just feel like because again, like that's part of the college experience when. You know, you're a swimmer and you're a, a, a baseball player and you're a basketball player or a softball player and you guys are all buying, like, $20 handles of vodka, yeah. right, because that's all you can afford and you're throwing a house party, but you're all kind of in the grind yeah. together. Yeah. But when you hear that there's a kid that's getting paid a hundred grand to go to the school, that causes tension. And all the athletes are looking – and, again, Sean, I, I had a great conversation with Sean, and, you know, one of the things that I told him, and I was like, dude, look, like, you're our coach until you're not our coach. Yeah. Right? Like, I'll, I support you. I support the program. If you say you didn't do it, and I say it, the same thing, it's like a family member. Yeah. It's like you've been my brother. If you tell me you didn't commit the crime, I'm gonna believe you yeah. until you're guilty. Yes. I'm not gonna jump on your back and say prove this or you need to get fired and did it. No, you're a family member until they show me or until you are no longer our coach. You're I'm going to support you. Now I'm not gonna blindly support you, but if you tell me you didn't do it. I'll wait for all the facts to come out, and then we proceed from there. So, it, it, you know, that's a weird scenario because you know we on we got busted too. Yeah, oh, a lot of schools. But that's the thing. Now all of a sudden, Kansas yeah. is in the fray. Yeah. North Carolina with their academic scandal, like UCLA with the stuff that's been like this goes on. Is part of the reason why they're having the conversation yeah. about the one and done is because you know this is rampant in college basketball. Well, it's interesting because listen, first of all, cheating been going on since forever. Cheating forever. For, cheating, and and now you got. 
the, the money is just so big. There's always going to be cheating. National cheating but the NCAA, association of the, athletes. The, that's the NCAA. But the but the NCAA <laughs> they hilarious. they makes it worse. Thank you. They I just make, started that off my head. <laughs> they just make it worse though. Yeah, all, oh, they all, are. all the bogus bullshit rules they got. Yeah, no, I swear. But but look look, we I, I digress. One of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you about your commercial and what um, that impact today's athletes, MJ, Tiger. Lots of athletes weren't social activists, mm-hmm. right? Now that, that again, you like MJ after he won his um, after he won his uh, copyright infringement, he donated all that money to like Chicago public schools or different. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not saying that this man does not give back. I'm not saying Tiger doesn't do things for the community or, but I'm just saying today's athlete versus when you guys yeah. were uh, dominating, you know, TV and yeah, everything yeah, yeah. are just so much more. Um, well, that's know, because of forefront. social media. So you think so? I, so I, again, the world is different. The, the world, well, opportunity well, well, is social different. media. But everybody do you has still stand by the not a role model for the guys that are here, right? Like I'm not talking about for the kids that well, are growing up. It depends out. on who's speaking. Every, so all these guys aren't smart enough to speak. Yeah, uh, LeBron. Uh, uh, LeBron's smart enough to speak. Kaepernick. Uh, uh, Kaepernick. Uh, first of all, he never speaks. Yeah, <laughs> he, he never speaks. Yeah. Which yeah. is probably one thing that disappointed me about Kaepernick. Like, I, I love his stance, but he doesn't say anything. Yeah. And he leaves it open for interpretation what's going on. Yeah. Uh, but I, I want guys to speak if they're capable of speaking. Because somebody, like, everybody's not capable, Richard. You no, know, I, all these guys aren't rocket scientists. No, well, that's part of the reason why yeah. you and I have jobs. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But the thing is, I think you have to be really careful. You know, I spoke to uh, Coach Saban, asked me to speak to this team this year before. Uh, before the, the season, and we talked about – I talked to these guys about how different their life is than mine. Yeah. I says uh, – this was in August, I think it was. And I said, they don't ask me about Charlottesville, Virginia. Yeah. Uh, in my day. Yeah. Um, they don't ask me about kneeling for the anthem. And I said, you guys are 18 years old. And they're asking you about that. They're asking you about that. That's tough. Because at 18, I'm not sure if you're equipped. And I says, as far as social media, you know there's somebody <laughs> at Auburn who hates you, who going to say something to you on social media just to get a response out of you. And if you are had a bad game, you're having a bad day with your girl, or you're drunk, or whatever, I mean, there's people who join you on social media just to piss you off. Yeah. And the thing that's funny about it, it's not even funny, they can say whatever they want to say to you. With no repercussion. With no repercussion. And if anything you say to them that's out of whack, out of place, it's going to be on there forever. Yeah. And that's crazy. Well, it's like, it's like the uh, uh, the shooter from Villanova. What's the kid's name? D- yeah, DiVincenzo. D- yeah, yeah. He had a couple of tweets that yeah. were from back in the day. When he was, and, and then you find out that he was mimicking a rap yeah. song. Yeah, and it was, a, I forgot what it was. He was like balling on these niggas like I'm something. And I was yeah. like, and I, I remember seeing the quote, and I remember looking at him like, well, technically he was. Yeah, right? he was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the thing it is about it, though, like, he said that when he was 14. <laughs> You know, it's like and that's uh, unfair. Like at it's very 14, unfair. That's what I'm saying. Me at 14, we I, again no social media. You you like I like my rookie years when everyone got cell phones. Yeah. Right? So it was like not everyone you had didn't cell phones. Big brick. No, I didn't have no. You you I, guys I had, had the but, big brick. But think about it. Remember back in the day, and I know we're, we're we're reminiscing here. But they would tell you the bus time, and what you'd have to do. You had to remember it. You had to remember. It. You had to remember it. It's they would cr- tell you, but there was no text message to go back and look. There was no sent multiple text messages. It's, like you no, know, it's, it's it's that's why that's why I was saying earlier. Is you have to really be. It's, it's different for these guys now. Yeah. Like, 
you can portray any thought in your head, good or bad. Yeah. And that's dangerous because some of these guys, you might be mad or you might be just not bright. Because got to understand, a lot of these guys, uh, they're 18 years old. Yeah. And your first thought, you're not sure what your first thought is. And you're like, Hermat was who I really admire and respect. I said, always says, don't push sin. Don't push sin. Don't push sin. If you have to think about it, I could. It's so I, if you think, if you think about yeah. it longer than three seconds, yeah. so I don't have social media either. Yeah, and yes, a lot you of do. Well, no, well, okay. So I use road tripping. Uh, I have my Snapchat, rjeff 24 Follow me. Uh, but I have road tripping See, Twitter. See, well, let me ask here. Tell me. That's actually funny that you said it like that. Because I always say, what kind of loser <laughs> follows somebody? Well, now, but like, the, what, the, what, but, what, 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 who wakes up in the morning and say, hey, I wonder what Richard Jefferson You know what's but, even no, crazier? But, but, that what? people tie the Cavs 2016 championship to Richard's Snapchat. 100%. percent like, think I was all that my fault. saved it did. Cleveland. This is, this, now, let, let, let me explain That's to you. Now, let me show you the it. difference. Let me show you the difference. You, 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 you try to be dumb like my daughter. <laughs> no, no, listen to me. I'm going to tell you my daughter. My no, daughter. My daughter. <laughs> Will you listen to what I'm trying no, to say? I know, but I want to tell you about my daughter. See, she, this is how dumb she I love my daughter. My, my, so my daughter goes to Vill, went to Villanova. Okay. I'm so proud of her. She's my okay. only kid. I love her more than anything in the world. So uh, a couple years ago, she went to Villanova undergrad and yeah. just graduated from Columbia School of Journalism. Okay. So I'm at the Final Four a couple years ago. She says, Dad, I want to come to the Final Four. I said, of course you can come. Just tell me what you need. Yeah. Then she comes. She says, Dad, I changed my mind. I said, why would you change your mind? He says, I don't want to jinx the team. I says, wait a minute. You went to... Villanova undergrad and Columbia grad school, and you are dumb enough to think you that can you at the game. <laughs> you can jinx the team. Jinx the team. Hey, so, know, so she sorry didn't come. For she didn't come. So this year, she says, "Dad, I want to go." What do you think? I says, "Christiana, Villanova and Columbia, come to the game if you want to come. Be smarter than that." <laughs> yeah. So she comes down, and she's so excited. They win the national championship, but. This notion that what you're wearing and other stuff. I, oh, like I, that. I, I'm not a. I'm not a. I'm not a lucky guy. I'm not one of those. I, I'm not one of those people. What I only thing I was saying is that what I did on my social media, it wasn't me. I wasn't really posting pictures of food and shit. All I did was show our group of guys cracking jokes on the bus. Our group of like, like you know, instead of ESPN getting the walk in of what everyone's wearing, yeah. me and Channing, I would be Snapchatting as Brom would be walking yeah, on the yeah, bus yeah. and we'd be making fun of the shit that he was wearing, like the matching suit that everyone was wearing. Yeah. When he had to dress like the Cubs player. Yeah, when he had to dress or like a Cubs, Cubs player. player. So it was like, again, everyone's seeing this content before ESPN does. Everyone's Because it's like we're on the bus. So there's no cameras there. They don't get you until you get to the arena. So that's all I was doing. I was showing like behind the scenes of us fucking around, us like going to dinners, us hanging out in between rounds. So that's all I was showing. I wasn't really. That has something to do with y'all winning. 100%. It changed the narrative. It changed the narrative, right? <laughs> everyone thought we hated each other. Everyone thought we hated each other. And then all of a sudden, oh, yeah. everyone did. It, and even still, there's always that tension around LeBron's team and his teammates and well, how he gets along with them. But he has Kevin. to take some – like this year when I call him a drama queen. Yeah. Uh, he never diffuses it. No, no, he likes it. He likes it. I'm going to tell you – let me tell you. Bron, Bron is one of those people <laughs> that, that – and I love – like, again, that is like – that is my big little brother. I love the kid to death. Yeah. And he is – as good of a leader as you want. So let me say that. But now he likes it. I know. He loves poking the bear. Like this uh, like like the Phil Jackson stuff yeah. and the posse stuff. He doesn't diffuse things. Nope. He doesn't just no, he's just like, oh, okay, this is what you guys want to do. And honestly, 
partly in my in my belief is that the game is so easy, and this is all he's ever known is attention and drama yeah. and focus. So it's like if all he did, if he was Tim Duncan and just played basketball and went home, he'd lose his brain. He would lose. That's it. what people live for, though. No, but I'm just saying, Bron. So in why does why should he be any different? But I, again, but I'm just saying, yeah, Tim, but, Tim but, Duncan can go home so, after a basketball it's, game it's, and not care about anything else. Bron is wired different. Yeah, like he could diffuse some of the tension. Like, but that's not. Fun. He's gonna that's, get no, but <laughs> no, but I'm saying, but I'm saying he likes it. He, yeah. yeah, yeah, but he would cut down on a lot of drama in his life because first of all. People are gonna talk about talk to him anyway, just because he's the best basketball yeah. player in the world. He makes stuff. He he could cut down on the noise. Do he, you think it's really drama to him though? He just when like, you have to talk about stuff all the time. That's BS. Is yes, yeah, yes. I, well, Anytime you have to respond to something, it takes time away from some good you could be doing or fun you could be doing. He he he. He doesn't even he doesn't even spend that much on it though. No, I, I, but it's not that. It's more of just saying that like there are like again doing the, the not to compare the two too much, but like Tim can go play basketball, talk to for reporters for two minutes, and go home and be the happiest person in the world. Sometimes there are guys that kind of thrive in a little bit of chaos, yeah. right? They like a little bit of tension. Uh, Jabir, you know, because it, it's going to be over I, at some point. Yeah, yeah. And as long as it's not, you know, like, who he reminds me of Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> Oh yeah, like who's who's retired twelve times, <laughs> and now he's like that's Richard. Richard's retired uh, yeah. twelve times. But then he like Floyd says, "I'm coming back as an MMA guy." Just, I'm, like, I'm like Floyd, you it, get you get it, murdered. It, you get murdered it, in it, there. It ends for everybody. That's yeah. the thing though. For Braun, it's not going to end. It is going to no, end. end. Oh, basketball. Going oh yeah, basketball. Yeah, but he's bigger than basketball. No, no, what? no, no. What? No. What? It's not. No, it's not so much. Hey. All the other stuff is just window dressing. When you're not LeBron James anymore, uh, uh, no matter who you are, uh, uh, Dan Marino, uh, Peyton Manning, it ends for everybody. What happens when he goes in the front office? It won't be the same. It won't be the same. Like you it see won't MJ, be the same. Like, like MJ? MJ. Yeah, even MJ. You look at it like MJ. Yeah. It's like when's the last time you talked about Michael Jordan? Yeah, and he's the greatest ever. Oh, oh uh, you know, like I say, uh, Wayne Gretzky, who's the greatest ever, like. When, they you're, when yeah. you're not that guy, you're just another guy. That's why I told him earlier, you play as long as you want to, as long as you can, because that's the greatest time in your life. But once it's over, that's it's, right. it's like, oh, shit. Oh, but that's why that's why there's the depression that goes on. But I feel like Bron does such a good, a good job of, like, being more than again, like yeah, I hate that, to say all that other stuff is great, but it ain't gonna ever be the same as being LeBron James. I could be the number one. Are you podcast. saying that you only appreciate him because of? No, not no, saying no. that. We're just saying. Well, this is what we're saying. We could become the number one podcast in the fucking world. It does not compare to putting on a jersey, yes. running up and down, and loving that the thing that you started doing at six years old. Like, that you how have, does that make you feel? Like, how does like that make sucks. you feel? Uh, oh, it, oh, it sucks. It sucks. <laughs> it's over. It sucks. There's nothing. No matter what LeBron does in his life, and he's going to go back, he's going to make a lot of money, he's going to do TV, all this other stuff. That time when he gave the city of Cleveland that parade, oh, ain't nothing he going to do in life. Like I, I just saw Michael Jordan. It was jo epic. It was I amazing. just saw Michael Jordan. They had to list. Like he just made – he went like billion a, dollars. a billion five. Yeah, yeah. He made like $400 million last year. He's just another rich guy. It ain't the same when he was like 
Everybody in the world is watching me play basketball, and I'm the best at it. Ain't nothing can fulfill that. Nope. And like I say, it's that that's that's gone now. Like he's just a guy, and that's not a negative. Now. Right. He's a guy with a billion dollars, which is pretty damn cool. I, I like, like that. that. I like <laughs> but I guarantee you, ain't nothing like that shot he hit against Utah. And, and and it's just a, it's it's just a totally different animal. Yeah. yeah, there is there is, and that's what you know. Chris Bosch said some things about just changing your lifestyle. He's like, you you can't go and eat at this restaurant every single night. You yeah. got to actually do some things. You got to be home. You got to be present. It's like there's no business that you can do no. that can give you the same adrenaline rush no. of looking somebody eye-to-eye, going toe-to-toe, and coming out victorious in a basketball sense. There's, there's no, or there's having 20,000 people either hate you or love you, hate you, or, or, or doing something that make them all go crazy. They forget about all the problems in their life. I mean, uh, you, you're like, man, I'm, I'm work sucks. My kid driving me crazy. My, uh, my, I'm having problems in my marriage. Man, the Cavaliers won tonight, lifted my spirits even for a few minutes. To have that power and ability is a cool thing. And at some point, that's going to be gone. It, it, it ends for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, they say uh, athletes die twice. Yes. Right? Like, it, it, it's true. And, and that, look, that's not to take away from what he's accomplishing now and the legacy that he will have yes. after basketball, whether it's as a businessman, as a as you know, helping kids go to college. Like those are things that, yes, but there is no supplement. There is no replacing that putting on a jersey and nothing like and, it. And there it, it just, you know, it's as a like as it. a college athlete, right? You do you still remember the last time you put it on? How much did you cry? I bought. <laughs> It, I did. Yeah, you oh, bought. And, and let me tell you I something. And, and you see, uh, I probably played one, maybe two years too long because I was trying to, like, have one more good year. <laughs> you don't have good years when you're old. I feel like old. this is you right now. Uh, yeah. uh, Thanks. It, it, no, but, I feel like you're at this point of your yeah, career. Yeah. But, you like, you have to accept the fact, shit, I can't play anymore. And it's a humbling experience. That's the reason, if you go see when every guy retires, he's crying. He's thinking everybody who's had him along the way, but he's crying. He's like, I'm not going to get – number one, you can't do it anymore. People retire because they can't physically do it anymore. Can you do it? Me? I, 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 I can do <laughs> it in short spurts. As long as you don't ask me – as long as you only ask me to do it in short spurts, then, then I can do it. And, but it's, that, and it's different for Richard. Yeah. Why? What do you mean? I, w- I wasn't – Because, like – a Michael Jordan drop like that. Michael Jordan for the Wizards. That wasn't Michael Jordan. No. Yeah. Uh, uh, myself, my last couple of years, that wasn't Charles Barkley. I seen Patrick Ewing when he was playing for uh, the, Seattle, Seattle, Orlando, and, and Orlando. Orlando. That wasn't Patrick Ewing, and it, it, it sucks. Yeah. It sucks as a player, and especially when you've been a great player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, towards it, the it's end, worse when you're a great player. And towards the end, and towards the end, like one of the things that I was telling somebody. This version of me as a basketball player is not the version I've known most of my life. Yes. Right? When I was in junior high or in high school, All-American, when you go to college and you're the number one team in the country. Yeah. And then I go to the NBA and my first, like, seven or eight years, I was 15, 18, 20, 23 points a game. And then you have that decline that starts to happen when yeah. you get around 29, 30. Then you start to have the decline. So now me stepping on the court and averaging five, six points a game and playing 15 minutes, yeah. even on a good team, which is fun because I love the camaraderie. That's that's the only you're going to play on that, a good team. Yeah, on a good team. But this version of me in the last five years of a basketball, 
the 20 years prior, that's more of who I was as a basketball yes. player. In your prime, that's what you compare. So me stepping on a court today and scoring five points or maybe getting the double digits and feeling good about myself, I had stretches of 20 games in a row of double digits, 30 games in a row. Like There's nothing like Braun 700 or whatever he is. But it's just like Eight. you had moments. Yeah. You and had it, mo- the thing that drives me crazy, like sometimes like in my last couple of years in Houston, I'd just be sitting there and like, this guy can't fucking play dead. <laughs> and he's kicking my ass. Kicking my ass. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's such a, uh, like. It's humbling. It's humbling. You're like, this guy can't play. And he's kicking my ass. Yeah. And you don't even want to talk about the money component. And you're like, they paid who? How much? Yeah. Like, when I was a rookie, I, w- I was better than him as a rookie. And uh, he's in his 10th like, year. He got $200 million. <laughs> Two hundred million dollars. 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 And you can never think about the money because your head will explode. Yeah, your head will explode. You see guys who average like twelve points get like two, three hundred million dollars twice. Yeah. Well, that's why I asked Bill Walton one one day at, at his dinner table, who was one of the funniest guys ever. He goes, "I was like, Bill, I was like, so and so just got paid, you know, X amount, forty million dollars." I was like, Bill, and and he was the easiest person to poke a bear, right? Because yeah. then he would just talk for twenty minutes. I was like, Bill. Uh, if you were playing today, how much would you, what, what would your contract worth? He's like me. If I was playing today, I'd probably be worth Australia. And you're just like, you're like, who comes up with that that fucking analogy? But you didn't give me a dollar figure. You didn't give me a. You just said a, a country, a continent. Like that's what you would be worth today. Bill's the like, best, isn't he? Oh, he's so funny, man. And he's growing, the best. Yeah, I grew up with him and Luke and uh, and us. He's my favorite. Uh, like you know, one thing about the old guys. They either really good or they real assholes. Yeah. Like, and he's one of the great guys. Oh. Like, some of the old guys are so bitter and angry how much. I was like, dude, I don't, I can't have nothing to do with inflation. I yeah. have nothing, like, <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. And they're so angry. And then you meet a guy like Bill. He's just in his own world. And he's like, and he's just happy. All, happy. Yeah. But yeah. It, there's nothing worse when you meet one of these old guys. They're just mad at the world because I was like. You I, look at them wrong and they. No, they're mad like. The, you know, money the money and the money that gets paid. And, some of these guys, you know, they did, they were making like five, ten thousand dollars a year. Yeah, yeah, doing second jobs. Doing second jobs. Yeah, yeah. Construction during the summer. Is that all too. y'all's fault? No, no. But, they, but you know, some. Yeah, I did. You know, but I, I get off, We got some get off my lawn. Guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I came in the generation right after, right yeah. after Chuck, and it was like, like again, to put things in perspective. I've made more in my career than Michael Jordan did. Yes. And Michael Jordan had two years of $30 million. I think he's I making know. up for right. it now. No, I, no, yeah, I, but I'm, I'm not trying like to compare. He's in the billionaires. I'm just saying when you look at it, a guy that in the golden era of basketball. I never made more the, than $5 million. A year? A year. Yeah. And I played 16 years. Byron Scott said he he only made over a million dollars. Now, this is a guy that won multiple championships. Yeah. was a very, very good player. Averaged 20-plus in the league a couple of years. He only made over a million dollars like his last year yeah, or two, yeah. and he and he and even after that, he went and play, played overseas because they were going to give him like five hundred grand or something like that after end of his career because yeah. he was like, "Yo, if I can walk away with this," because he didn't make that in the first eight nine years of his career. Remember, Magic Johnson signed what the lifetime oh, contract. He was the thing that's funny. You mentioned that I, I I'm so old. I I remember we were walking around the locker room high fiving when Magic we like. A basketball player made a million dollars. When Magic signed that first deal for a million dollars a year for 25 years, we couldn't believe. I remember I was high-fiving Dr. J and Moses because no player had made a million dollars. That's insane. I mean, that's how how crazy it was back then. We were high, like, that was our threshold. Can we get guys to a million dollars? Now we got guys making 30 million. Well, the minimum salary in the NBA 
is $2.3 million, right? And I'm like, people are like, oh, I retired. I'm like, dude, it's $2.3 million. Where else can I go and do this? I like, I can sit here, maybe play a little bit, be a good veteran presence to guys, or I can go sit at home and not make $2.3 million. And first of all, you – I can't wait for our listeners. Well, it's, but I'm just – I was a fact. I, I, I say you... it, it's I'm – not, I'm not saying it like – I, I, when I say minimum contract, and it is a shit ton of money, but think about that. The That's NBA, amazing. The, the NBA is paying me the least amount of money they can. They're like, this is this is minimum wage. This is all we can pay you, and it's two point three million. Why the fuck would you ever tell me to retire? Stay no. here and do this as and, long as you can. And like, see, and I think Richie would be great on any team, especially when you got a bunch of eighteen year old kids who don't know shit. Like, what separate the NBA? Why, one of the reasons I hate one and done is the, people say, well, they draft these young kids in other sports. Yeah, but they don't go right to the NBA. They go mm-hmm. to the minor leagues and get a chance to grow and mature, right. blah, blah, blah. I'm giving an 18-year-old kid millions of dollars who Ooh. just got out of high school. I'm moving him to a big city. And if your parents don't There's have an understanding so of it. so much that. to college that you learn that has nothing to do with the sport. Yeah. Oh. Just uh, in life, uh, but and, it, and it doesn't. And again, the one and done or high school doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't guarantee longevity. Like I said, I went to school for no. three years. Jason Terry, Tim Duncan, a lot of these guys went to school three, four it's years. Just the agents but, are just yeah, scumbags. Yeah. They're trying to get to the second contract faster. Yeah, faster. But people don't forget you don't make a lot of money in your first contract. But if you don't, if you don't have the wherewithal to understand all the work and all, and that's my thing. And again, not to go get off my lawn with the millennials, and we'll kind of cut it on this point is that when you have a kid that is the best player in his high school, best player in the country, one of the top ten players in the country. Right, he gets everything. Everyone hands it to him. Yeah. Then he shows up at a college. It could let it be UCLA or Kentucky, and he is the man. Yeah. Right, top five player, X, Y, and Z, guaranteed top ten pick. And they just give him all. They're not coaching him. He's in school for half a sem- for a semester, so they give it all to him. And then he shows up at one of the worst franchises in the NBA, and he's 19 years old. And then they're like, "What do you want? What do you need? Your face is on the billboard. You're this. You're everything. And you're 19 years old. You don't know how to work yet. You don't have a great work ethic. You don't have a great great understanding of the game yet you've never been coached really fucking hard you've just been told to go play in your natural ability you've always been better than everybody yeah, else. Uh, better than everyone else so all of a sudden you get to the nba and everyone's just like no 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 no. sorry young fella so you get the seven footers that are talented like carl anthony towns or anthony davis that because of their just natural ability but then you have these guards that don't understand turnover ratio don't None. understand making people better they don't understand these things and they struggle right or even like look i love devin booker Right, think he's a really talented player, but he's just scoring a lot of points on, for, a, bad on a really bad team, and the team's never getting better. Hey, do you know? It's so funny you missed that because I live in Phoenix. They're like, "What do you think of Booker?" I says, "I think he's he got a chance of being a good player." They're like, yeah. "He's not a good player yet." I says, "No, I can't judge players on bad teams." Well, when your team is fouling, when your team yeah. is fouling to help you, you get, get to seventy, yeah. To me, like that again, you're promoting negative things. You're pro- like as a franchise, if I was the owner of the franchise if i was a gm i would have been pissed off yeah. don't fucking foul yeah right don't fucking foul so that he can go get more free throws in a game that's already over but people don't understand richard it's a, it's totally different getting good numbers on a good team than getting good numbers on a bad team that's but, why Ma- that's why malcolm brogdon was my my rookie of the year yeah. a couple of years ago because he averaged 10 points a game on a team that made the playoffs and he was a point guard so every possession matters, matters. if you go and the other argument was Dar- uh Sarek, yeah. who was just going to play tons of minutes and just go get numbers yes. without any repercussions to anything that he did 
But but guys don't understand. I said, man, it's different because I have I've been on teams where we made trades for guys, and you thought they could play. I knew they couldn't play. <laughs> I knew they couldn't play, and the, the coaches tried to tell me like. Well, he averaged. I see, he only averaged that much because he was on a bad team. And on a bad team, he was just the best of the guys who suck. So they gave him the ball wait, wait, Charles, more. I think you said this, Charles. Every team has a leading scorer. Every team has a leading scorer. Even the shitty, and, shitty uh, ones. I says, hey, he was just the best player on a shitty team. He got more touches just because he averaged. That's why you can't just go by averages. Yeah. They, then they try to start doing that analytic shit. But, what, look, we could talk all day, Charles. I just can't thank you enough. Like, w- like we are very, very fortunate. Um, I think really our holy grail, we only have a couple of more. Uh, but uh, I think from what you're telling me, I can't drop your name with Michael to get him on here. Probably can't. That Probably won't can't work. Can't drop your name. Negative. But thank you so much, man. This is awesome. Even as a as a guy towards the end of my career, just listening to you yeah. talk, I think listening to the generations I think is good for, for young kids out there. Uh, I would love to have you on here again where we could actually just have let some me know wine. When, we can have some wine. Hey, I, I guess make sure I, I'm going to send you all some wine. I, listen, we will yeah. plug that thing. Yeah. Like, And again, because the proceeds and go to charity. Go to charity. Yeah, I don't make you. a dime. Yeah. Well, as long if you if you giving me alcohol for charity and I get the drink for hey, charity I, I love what, that I'm going to send y'all a couple cases y'all oh, yeah, tell me what you think uh, before yeah. we close out can you give us one thing about inside the NBA that no one would know something that goes on tell them what you watch Charles well it's really tell them what you watch in the back what, room it depends tell, on tell what, what night uh, <laughs> the normal Thursday night oh well right now I'm watching SWAT <laughs> uh, I love wait you don't watch games uh, it's on TV <laughs> it depends on the game I'm watching SWAT right now Shamar Moore is, is I'm loving SWAT <laughs> Uh, I'm going to miss Scandal. Scandal was great. It, the last couple of years, it got bad. But before that, I used to watch Scandal on Thursday night. Uh, <laughs> this was, this was, no, I, I kid you not. And I let, I would watch. I would. I went in there the first time, and I was in awe. And he had, We got about 20 They televisions. got 20 TVs yeah. up there, and they got these four chairs, these yeah. four big chairs. And they're like, yeah, Charles, is it ABC? ABC? No. C, what is it? Well, I'm saying, what show? Scandal's on what? ABC? ABC. ABC. They're like, yeah, Charles is normally watching ABC. And I was just like, oh, that's amazing. Well, like tonight, I'm going to be watching hockey. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets against the Washington Ooh, Capitals. shout out. Uh, Blue Jackets. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, 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 let's see. Uh, it's, a, it's a Monday. I'll probably watch Scorpion. <laughs> uh, do you watch The Bachelor? I do not. Bachelor. I'm not a total loser. You watch that? Oh, yes. No. No, I, I hate all reality television. She watches the Kardashians. Oh my God, are you serious? And on that note, that is another edition of Road Trip. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thank you guys for having me. Uh, our pleasure. <laughs>